0: This episode features our special guest and new friend, Mapate Diop, from Wear Diop, a local Detroit Black-owned business that sells clothing attire and face masks with fabric from Nigeria called Ankara. Tops, shorts, bucket hats, bandanas, and more. According to their website, they have donated over $115,000 to various organizations and local charities. You can visit their website at weardiop.com for more information and to look at their outfit selections. That is www.WearDiop.com And I can also personally say I have purchased some of their items and they are absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. I have some of their face masks and I also have some of their bandanas. So definitely check them out, once again, at wherediop.com. The information and the link is in the description box
1: below. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Third Paradigm. We are your hosts, Clarity and Nuance. Third Paradigm is a digital third place, which is where people practice the art of conversation. The host and guests come from all backgrounds and different ways of thinking.
0: We here at Third Paradigm will discuss the ideas and facts of life with respect while pushing the envelope. Full disclaimer, hosts and guests will share their opinions. The opinions of our guests are strictly their own and do not represent the opinions of Third Paradigm.
1: However, when we the hosts share facts, we will back them up with evidence. If we are wrong, we will make it right as soon as possible because we believe in practicing integrity. Welcome to Third Paradigm. So uh, that last episode um, was crazy. You know? Yeah, I don't know what was up with that
0: last episode. I mean, we just kind of got bombarded by a, what was it, an alien ghost
1: or a, an Dude, alien? I told you, stuff? I told you that was my cousin. Like that was that was that was something weird. But you know what? Hey, quarantine randomness. So, <laughs> but I mean, uh, it's a well, good series, man. I mean, it's it's important. I mean, breaking the tension is
0: needed because it's all improv. It's an improv comedy show in the middle of like these heavy conversations. But yeah. It's really good to have some laughter every once in a while. It's very important.
1: It is. Well, what we got up for today?
0: Well, today we're going to dive very deeply into the spirituality and religious aspects of this pandemic before and after the corona. Mm. So I just wanted to read a real quick um, lip at the beginning just so that way we can clarify for the listeners as well what we mean by when we hear the word spirituality. So just to clarify for those who are unsure, spirituality is, by definition, means one sense of self, purpose, and a higher and bigger picture. It doesn't necessarily mean being religious, although this does come into play, and we are open on the show for multiple perspectives as well as um, different ideologies and such. Um, So this episode is going to run anywhere between an hour, hour and a half or so. And yeah, that's what we're going to talk about, our feelings of how we all have grown through this pandemic, how we looked from the pre-pandemic self,
1: our current self, and where do we see ourselves going in society. Right. All right. So um, you want to do the uh, icebreaker? Yeah. Um, Let's see. I believe for our icebreaker,
0: for all of our guests here, before we get into the intros, um, have any of you ever wielded a sword? <laughs> we can start with, let's say, Carla.
2: <laughs> I think I picked up a sword once and I went, that's too heavy, I'm not going to hurt myself, and I put it back.
3: <laughs> yeah, they're
2: surprisingly heavy. That's what most people who, like, don't do swords realize when they pick one up. Oh,
4: I
0: can't do what they do in movies. That's not possible for me. I haven't lifted enough weight. <laughs> ah, that's really good. What <laughs> about
4: Uh I think the key word there in that sentence is wielded. Uh, you know, looked at swords, been the museums, antique shops, vintage shops, um and held them, but, you know, never wielded one, like, with the intent of using it. Um Like, like it was just said those are actually, they're very, they're very heavy, and I don't think, even if it, it, I wasn't in for a weapon, I don't think that would be my first choice.
0: <laughs> That's good How about you, uh, Chris, Christine?
3: Um, only in video games
0: <laughs> That's a good answer <laughs> That is a good answer That's a very good answer Yep And we got Claire
5: Um, Question, do we consider katanas swords?
3: Yes Yes I my,
5: <laughs> my brother-in-law <laughs> has a few katanas Or at least he did probably 10, 15 years ago. Um, and when I was in high school, I went as Uma Thurman from Kill Bill for Halloween. Oh, oh,
4: yes. Nice. Yes. I Whoa. carried around
5: an unsharpened katana for probably 12 hours.
4: Wow, so
1: that's incredible. I didn't
5: it at anyone, but I definitely carried it around for quite some time.
1: Nice. <laughs> so I got a question. Why did you ask the question, do katanas count? Like, where have you heard where people say katanas don't count? I
5: mean, it's a different type, it's, you know, swords are, I don't know, I don't know how people categorize weapons, like, is a knife a sword because it's sharp and pointy?
1: Mm -hmm. I don't know. but yeah, okay. And so it's just because it has a different origin.
5: Right, yeah. Yeah. It's not like a broadsword or...
1: uh, Right.
0: ...conventional idea.
1: Well, like a knight sword, basically.
0: Right,
3: right. Right, okay. That's All right. really good
0: answers.
1: Those are, that's like a wide
0: variety. So we've had, we've seen a sword, we picked up a sword, we played with a sword in a video game, and we've used a sword. <laughs> like, that's incredible.
1: Uh, how about yourself, Clarity?
3: I
0: touched a sword. No, hmm. I picked one up once. <laughs> and I think that was about it.
1: Nice. nice. We- uh, myself, I have... I have uh, done classes in that type of martial arts with katanas in particular. So I've done the wooden ones. I've touched real ones and brought them out. I know how to properly hand them off, how to draw them. Uh, So I've done it with a sharpened one. I've done it with unsharpened ones. I've never cut anything, but I know the motions to cut and to wield and to put back. Mmm, that's really good. That is really good. So Kill Bill was also inspiration for me in high school. <laughs> as well as Roroni Kenshin. So, old school oh, anime. That's good.
0: So I would say I am pretty ready to go with the questions. Are you ready uh, to go when you want?
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll go with question one and you can hand them off, um, Clarity. So question one is, describe some internal struggles experienced during the pandemic. And let's start with Mapate.
4: Yeah, Um, well, going back to, um, so we, uh, my company, we've never intended on uh, making masks. We've been around for about two years, and we just make clothes. Uh, And that's kind of the long and short of it. It's not anything special, you know, you know, it's not rocket science, it's not hard surgery. Um, the clothes we saw aren't especially complicated or difficult to understand. Um, and it was when, um, but uh, we were gonna put out our fourth collection uh, of kids this past April, uh, but because there were shortages of things like nylon and cotton and linings and stuff like that, um, a lot of our product development was delayed. Um, and so customers reached out to us and said, hey, this go looks pretty serious, would you guys consider taking your fabric and making masks? Um, and this was, uh, I think this was, in, this was early in March when the CDC put out guidelines about, you know, making your own masks. Um, and so uh, we and so we said, you know, we always can our know, customers, they asked for shorts, we made shorts, they asked for hoodies, we make hoodies. So, you know, we're not opposed. And, uh, we're lucky one of our manufacturers uh, had uh, elastic on hand because uh, they were used to working with sportswear. Um, but the real challenge was hasn't been very good. For example, people most people I don't think most people really get that like masks are really meant to protect you.
1: Your spiritual affiliation
4: again? Uh, I was raised going to uh, an AME, uh, an African uh, um, Methodist Church, um, but I'd probably describe myself as agnostic. Um, it's not okay. something I, you know, really think about, and it's it, generally it's really not there nor There, um, and that really comes out of blood. again being from New York, and you know, people from I know people from all sorts of religious backgrounds and affiliations, and I've a lot of respect um, for all of them, um, no matter kind of what it is they come from. Um, so yeah, so yeah, I describe
3: myself as an oh, thank you,
0: thank you. Um, so let's—we uh, got about two minutes left on that question. Christine, do you have a response on that one?
3: Um, yeah, I really struggled with loneliness. Um, I'm an um, introvert, but I usually see friends or family at least, probably. Every two weeks, so it was hard um, not talking to anyone or, or seeing anyone. Um, but it's not so bad now. But in the beginning, it really was for me.
1: Hmm. And what's your spiritual affiliation?
3: Um, spiritual. Mhm. Okay.
0: Great. That's really good. And we got about a minute left on the question. So we'll leave it open for Claire and for Carla. Um sure. I'll
5: take okay. it. Claire here. Um uh for this I mean for me it's just I'm in a different country currently and the struggles for me were mostly just being so so far from family and friends that I grew up with um, and the religious community that I was raised in. It's, you know, during a pandemic, you want to help people, you want to, you know, try to work in a community and give back and, you know, do these things, but not being around the people that I would do that for. It's, like, hard to find a direction to <laughs> to help in, you know?
0: Yeah, very good. And what's your spiritual affiliation?
5: Um, uh, I would describe myself as a non-practicing Baha'i.
0: Mm-hmm. Spiritual
5: okay. but not religious.
0: Very good. And Carla?
5: Hmm. Uh, for me, um,
2: similar uh, to Christine, it was the isolation. In my case, I too am a more inward-oriented person who has tended to be, I guess, a social minimalist. Um, but the whole pandemic quarantine thing was just too much. I felt like it undid years worth of my um, a lot of hard work to try to connect with people. And in my Buddhist community, um, I practice Soka Gakkai Nichiren Buddhism. And the, the community component of that, of, you know, prayer chanting with my community, of studying with my community, having discussion meetings, that's all very important. And um, it's because of the way I'm a more, you know, you know this, I, I, I have trouble connecting with people. So it took me a lot of hard work to get to where I really felt like part of my community. And I just felt like that door was just slammed in my face. And it's like, mm-hmm. yes, there's Zoom and things like that, but I'm not a I'm not a person who does well by remote. And also, I've always been terrible in maintaining long distance relationships. And all of a sudden, every single relationship became long distance. And I thought, this isn't going to go well for me. The longer this goes on, I do it's. So for me, it's feeling that like. Like, it just undid years' worth of a lot of hard work, and it's been really hard to claw myself back from that kind of defeatist thinking.
0: Absolutely. Like, it. it, this whole year, this whole pandemic, it really challenged every one of us, like, to our course, not just physically, but also emotionally and spiritually, and every single belief that we once held, it kind of came in and kind of completely flipped everything and really made us look at the world for what it is. So thank you all for sharing your responses. And and Carly, you answered our question on what your spiritual uh, spiritual affiliation is. So thank you for sharing that. Um, So moving on to question number two, um, how has your spirituality helped you through the pandemic? Such as, did you pray a lot, rely on communities, read scripture, or took up a creative project, for example? And we can start off with Claire on that question.
5: Sure. So, um, I, for me, I personally, I don't really practice, uh, religion in the traditional sense of like, you know, going to church or praying on a regular basis. But for me, I think the practice that I do is more of like a trying to ground myself and, um, you know, reaching out to people and wishing them well, and I mean, it might sound kind of cliche, but sending healing vibes out as much lie. as I can, um, you know, as well as trying to, you know, keep your, keep your head right by, um, I've been doing some woodworking and, you know, trying to take classes online and listen to lectures and things to just fill myself up with knowledge And I guess that's been a bit of a spiritual practice for me to kind of look inward.
0: That's a really good response. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Let's go with Carla.
3: For me, um, it was difficult to concentrate and even to
2: sit down in front of my gohans and a chance more than a minute without just totally becoming apathetic. So one of my biggest challenges was actually practicing my spirituality, so in absence of that, since I was having trouble focusing on prayer or study, I couldn't focus well enough to write love, posts or draw, I got into a kick of making bracelets, and for me, um, there are like, I think maybe 10, 15 women that I work with, and I thought, you know, we're all going through, this, this is all like soul crushing for all of us, and I know a number of these women like me are single, you know, they're not all married with kids at home, and in fact, I think at least half of them are single, and I thought, I, I, I just, I, I think it would make people day to just, even just something little like, like giving a bracelet. So I, I make um, bracelets with like glass and stone beads, and so I, I put a lot of my creative. And basically, it was, it was like a physical prayer for that person. While I was making someone a bracelet, I would ask everybody their favorite colors, and I didn't tell them why I was asking them that. Um, so I would make a bracelet with those colors, and um, I would think about that person. It was kind of like my, my prayer for this person's well-being. And um, so then when I would give the bracelets to the ladies at work, just to look on people's faces like they weren't expecting, like, something cool or totally unexpected or, oh, hey, thanks for that. And more than once I heard somebody say, wow, thanks, that really made my day. And I thought That's, that was the whole point because I know how shitty my day, pardon my language, <laughs> <laughs> is mm-hmm. because of am just thinking of all this I'm just, I'm glad that I was able to put that little bright spot and, and then and then seeing the ladies wearing their bracelets throughout the past few months of like looking at their arm and noticing that they're wearing it that just, it helped me feel like part of the human species more than I otherwise would, so that was like, I thought if I can't do anything else, at least I can do this at least I can make these cool things and like put a smile on the face, so that was uh-huh that is
0: really sweet that is really sweet and it's always good like especially when people don't expect some sort of a gift or something that just like makes somebody's day so um we got about two minutes left on the question so christine and um if you'd like to jump on that one
3: um sure so i've been meditating well not really meditating but i would just lay down and like think about my life and struggles I've had and what would happen in the future and suffering from mental illness, like it, like it took me a lot. It was really hard for me to like accept my life right now, but Mm I, I was able to really like think about like how I was the way I was and it, Gave me a lot of clarity, no pun intended. <laughs> um, yeah, it was
4: really
0: good for me. So that's very good, Mapate?
4: Um, well, oh, I, I mean, I think I think the, the way it was just it was excellent, and, and uh, you know, nothing uh, further to add. But I, I mean, I, I, and I, can, I guess I can kind of hear it in everyone's answer, but you, you really. Just trying to answer moments like this, I think with you know, more empathy and, and more generosity for where people are coming from um, and you know, a lot of the things that people use. Um, but ultimately, I think you know, we, we all just take it. You know, when, we all just try and take it one you know, day at a time.
0: Absolutely. It's, it's like we have to kind of slow down a little bit and just kind of like instead of rush through it as fast as we can, like we, to some extent, our society did before the pandemic. The pandemic forced the whole world to stop. Um, I have a bit of a theory in myself that part of the reason why a lot of these big movements that are happening, such as like Black Lives Matter, why, I mean, it's been around for a while, but why it really took off this year and why there's these, all these other movements happening, happening simultaneously is because on a global scale, this pandemic forced the world to stop. And sadly, some people lost their jobs, some people lost their companies or businesses, and then we went all into quarantine, we were kind of stuck in our homes and... When you're kind of stuck in a place that you're like, I'm normally at work all day, you look and see what's going on in the world. And then my belief is that it forced people to see the world for what it is. And I don't want to say people woke up because that's not really the case. I would say people became more challenged more challenged like directly to their faces and they couldn't run they couldn't be like oh i gotta do this oh i gotta do that i can't think about that it's like no you can't run to that because it's closed or you can't run to that because we need toilet paper so it kind of forced people to really examine the world and examine from themselves on the inside so thank you everyone for sharing that one.
1: yeah i i agree with that and i think that even though this has been a very very traumatic and uh, very trying time. I think the the word revelation and just revealing things is very, um, as Dan was saying, is very prevalent. And also that a lot of people having the time to slow down may have been able to really appreciate the people they love around them even more. There may have been marriages that have been saved because people weren't so focused on their work or their relationships with their friends or their children may have gotten better. So, I, you know, this, it's a very surreal, weird thing that has been happening, um, especially with all the loss that's been going on. But I think that there are positives to be looked at as well.
0: Absolutely. So thank you all for sharing with um, with us with this. So moving on to the next question, Nuance, would you like to take that one?
1: Yeah. Uh, question is, If you could speak to your pre-pandemic self, knowing what you have experienced and learned so far, what would you say to them? And I'll start with Carla on this one.
2: Thank you. Um, The first thing I would do is give myself a uh, brace yourself warning. Um, Kind of give myself a basically to like soften the blow. Um, I would also uh, counsel myself that regardless of how just how like a bad post-apocalyptic movie this is going to be, you will have lifelines. Like, one of the things I did in my reflections was realize that certain people stood out. And um, one of like the most key people is on this call right now. So thank you for being you. You know who you are. And um, so there's like this core of like seven people that have just like been my lighthouses. And um, I would tell my past self, don't panic because you have these these relationships right here that are going to help keep you sane. You will not spin out. I will warn you of what's coming and how weird it's going to be. But I want to tell you, don't focus on that. Focus on them and the things that you're still going to be able to have a lot of fun. Despite all the pandemic restrictions, there are several things that we've done together this year. Like just the two of us, and also in our group, that's been like, holy cow, that's every bit as epic as something I would have done on any other year. So I tell myself, don't
3: panic.
0: That's good. That's very good. So let's open it up to Claire. Claire. Hello, Claire.
5: Sorry, I'm here. Um, I guess I would say uh, for myself, in hindsight, I would definitely tell myself, get comfortable being uncomfortable. And to run, don't walk into online communities that are passion-focused. I think because one of the things that's helped me out a lot is, like, focusing on personal interests. And then, you know, finding podcasts or lectures or communities of people that have similar thoughts. On things and has similar passions towards specific topics, and it's been kind of a little bit of a lifeline in a way too, where it's, it has helps me kind of focus on something else and not not get too wrapped up in the everyday. Um, I would definitely also tell myself to um, practice some self-care by staying off of social media <laughs> because. <laughs> It is inundating, and it is overwhelming, and that can be a spiritual practice in and of itself, as self-care in looking after you, yourself, and your mental headspace of just not everything is going to the doghouse. Like you'll be okay. There's people that care about things and listen to their voices. You don't have to listen to the naysayers. You don't have to listen to the, the horrible people whose voices are being amplified.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Um, let's uh, have Mapate. Would you like to weigh in on that one?
4: Sure. Uh, I think the two things uh, I would focus on. Um, the first would be uh, really you know, you know not to panic. Uh, I think the one thing that he, I guess I, I, I suspect that uh, I guess at least pertaining to what it is I do uh, every day, the things I have to focus on. The toughest thing, um, the toughest thing is that you know there's no real end in sight. Um, you know, everyone has an idea when they think um, things will, you know, quote unquote, end. Um, but when you don't have that and you don't have that certainty, it makes it difficult to make a lot of plans. So I think getting as comfortable and um, well acquainted with that idea as possible, um, because you know, I think in, especially in the early going, there was a lot of speculation about, oh, by this day, by that day, by this day, by that day, and things keep getting pushed and pushed and pushed. Um, mm-hmm. So instead, I think getting used to the idea of like that many things, um, both something small, something's large, um, something personal, something professional, but a lot of those things will just tentatively be tabled. And um, and that we're, we're just going to have to kind of like work with that. And, and that's going to be kind of a guide. And um, I think that's really important. It allows us to be more patient and more disciplined. Because, um, uh, you know, everyone everyone wants, you know, I mean, everyone wants us to end. Um, but, you know, that in many in a lot of ways, it's out of our control and it's not up to us. Um, and then the other thing I would really focus on, um, and, and I mean, this is something I've with myself today, is mm-hmm. to really try and be present and uh, appreciate um, the particular moment you're in, you know, because it's just mm-hmm. um, uh, whatever was going on, you know, previously, and whether it's, you know, you had to travel a lot for work or, you know, there were troubles with other courses or other things, um, really in, embracing those things um, and uh, learning not to take those things for granted. Um, you know, it, it could be as simple as, you know, to the movies, um or you know, hugging another person. Or it could be, you know, as 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 big or as complicated as, you know, a, a special project or something that you wanted to work on. So really just embracing things moment to moment and, and not taking them for granted because they can go away and there's never a guarantee that uh, they they come back. Um and really learning to appreciate them. But that's something that yeah, it's that's something that you can also it doesn't you don't have to wait for a crisis for that to happen. Is that you can, you know, practice and really make a practice out of gratitude you can make a practice out of out of appreciation uh every day in, in your own life and then that when it comes to both you know experiences and things
0: but i think also you know people i think that is a beautiful answer especially the part where you said just giving someone a hug it's a, a lot of times we really undermine that like we do that a lot as just like a greeting hello and goodbye but a lot of times we have to take like you said like take take into the moment and really ground yourself and really be appreciative of, of that that second that moment because you never know what's going to happen in the next few minutes or what's going to happen tomorrow and like you said don't wait for a pandemic before we start really appreciating things so that's that's beautiful so we got about uh, about 30 seconds left um christine do you have anything to add um
3: i'll pass on this one
0: okay absolutely all right so moving on to the next question that we have on here um do you feel there is hope for the future and what steps do you feel would be necessary to obtain a higher sense of yourself? And we can start that off with Ma, uh, Apate.
4: Oh, um, I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, a lot of reasons. I'm biased, um, as someone who runs their own businesses, you, you kind of have to have optimism, especially if you kind of get up uh, every day and do what it is we do. Um, considering, you know, most of the, in the, the industry, businesses most broadly most fail. Um, according to the Small Business Administration, 7 out of 10. Uh, mm-hmm. Businesses fail, 9 out of 10, donates to for five years. So whatever it is you're doing, whether you're selling clothes, software, it doesn't really matter, coffee, you could be selling anything. You could be running your own coffee shop, dry cleaner, what have you. Um, most likely it's going to fail. It's not going to work out. Um, but, you know, there's 3 or 4 million odd small businesses in the United States and they employ it's somewhere between 80 and 100 million people. So there are millions of people, regular people, um, go out every day and still do it, um, knowing there's odds of failure. So you have to be an office and you, you know, you have to, um, think that you, you can work every day and work on something and you'll get better and it'll get better. Um, and, and I think the main argument you make there is that you, you don't really, you don't, you don't really need hope when things are going well, or when things are stable. You need hope for moments like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of what you, that's what you kind of try and build good habits for. Um, I think there's always hope for the future, but I think it should be reinforced, especially uh, in times of crisis and when you're uh, dislocation. Um and that mm, mm, that hope I think that really really just starts it starts with yourself. Um it really starts with, you know, being going easy on yourself and being patient with yourself and, and looking through it. Because again everyone's just kind of making it day by day. Um and you know that resilience and that that grit that's there's hope in that. Um so it doesn't have to be some kind of big abstract very like polluting thing. Um, I think they're just very simple things that um especially when you connect with other people um, that give you give you a lot of hope. Um, for the future and in a lot of ways just kind of give you hope for the present moment um
0: because you know that future is being built every every present moment Wow, that is beautiful thank you so much for sharing that carla do you have anything to weigh in
4: for me it's more
2: of um i guess i could say a more um informed perspective um in terms of things that i would advise myself or anyone else to do differently i mean obviously there's the, the things that like for me would be you know chance more um not indulge so much in despair, um, assume less, be grateful for who and what I have still been able to stay connected with. Um, overall, it's, it's sort of less, I guess i could say less distinct. Um, I just I feel like with what I've observed, heard, learned, there's a lot that, that has made me jaded <laughs> in one hand. Like, okay, a lot of these problems, they were bad all along, they got worse and or more obvious. But the flip side of that is it makes me more informed about what I'm really dealing with and how I can be a better ally to the people who are being hurt the most who there are certain things I can take for granted that there are people around me who can't so how do I use that to their benefit and not just be like oh I'm okay over here um so it, it's given me a clearer picture of okay why this is so important for me to be you know on, on the good team and not be one of those people who's just like, la, 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 long if I'm fine, I don't care. So, I feel a little more informed, if nothing else, about why it's so important and where I can plug myself in to help, so.
0: Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. So we got about two minutes left on this question, so we'll open it to the floor. Claire or Christine?
3: I pass.
0: Okay. Claire, do you have anything?
3: Yeah,
5: um, I guess, I... I'm definitely really hopeful for the future as uh, I think that we're going to see in the next year or so a massive uh, outpouring of love and celebration of life between family and friends once things start to because no, they're not going to go back to normal, but, mm. you know, you always hope that, like, you're going to be able to break down the barriers of the physical distance that we're feeling and that physical separation and the loneliness that comes with that. So, and personally, I think that something that I would do as an active practice for future would definitely be to practice patience with people because what this has told me is that this was a giant mirror and so we're seeing a lot of ugliness we're all looking at our own ugly reflection right now as a you know human race but I think the other side of that is is recognizing that everybody is going through this no one is alone in that everybody is going through this so everyone's coming from this place of like you know fear or panic or you know loneliness and if we keep that in mind when we approach others and talk about things and discuss things like some of the topics that you guys discuss on the podcast i think you know as long as you keep those things in mind and remember where everyone's coming from it's easier to be very kind in your words and it's easier to practice patience with people it just becomes, like, it becomes easier because you see yourself in everyone else.
0: That has beautifully responded. And th- and I just wanted to, um, before we move on to the next question, just wanted to also give you kudos for mentioning something that has kind of bothered me personally, is the phrase, when we go back to normal. When people say that, they oftentimes forget that normal, for starters, is a subjective perspective. And then the other thing, too, is it will never be normal for many people. If they've lost a loved one to, to, to COVID or they lost the business or a company or they're struggling or whatever, they will never go back to 2019. We, we're not time travelers. We can't do that. So I, I personally started trying to use more phrases along the line of this is a new perspective or maybe a new route, something to where there's more of that opportunity rather than hoping we would start going backwards. Um, although I understand the sentiment behind when we go back to normal, the problem with it is it, 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 it completely negates the struggles of the multiple trillions of people being affected by this. And it can be. Right, exactly. Yeah.
1: The status
5: quo had to change
1: at some point. I don't know if we have a trillion people yet, though. (laughs) (laughs) No, I know. not a trillion trillion people. But, like, the the
0: many,
1: many, 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 many... No, no, I'm in total. So I think think people's eyes have really been opened that they are not, they're not, um, they're not fooled. And I think a lot of people are not giving credit. I mean, the largest protest in the world is over in India right now. 120 million workers because they see how things are not right, you know, and people in the United States are seeing that. So the the, the normal of before was problematic in the first place. And I think the, the virus basically exposed everything and everyone. So Absolutely. again, like going back is not an option.
0: It's not, we can only go forward. So thank you everyone for sharing your responses. So Nuance, ready for the next question?
1: Yes question um, and we're doing number five, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Name one thing somebody else said that touched you and I want to start with Christine.
3: Um, I'm not going to say what someone said to me but I'll say that um, someone said some pretty harsh things to me That kind of hurt me, but on the other hand, I really thought about it, and, like, I can see their, I was beginning to see their perspective, and that's part of how, like, I learned about myself.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Okay. And uh, next, I'm going to have Claire.
5: I guess. It's kind of hard to say because this hasn't been, we haven't all been communicating as much as we normally would be seeing everyone face to face. So there's not as much to pull from for things of, you know, people, you know, saying nice things to you about you (laughs) that touch you in that way. But um, I think the outpouring of people expressing concern, even though I'm, you know, a few thousand miles away from them and saying, you know, I miss reaching out and saying, Hey, I miss you. Like, how's, how's it going? And that honestly, even just that breaking of the barrier, you know, cause a lot of times you just assume everyone's busy. No one wants to talk to me. I'm on a different time zone. Like, you know, it's too far. Like, Oh, they're, they're probably doing something. They're probably sleeping. And so you tell yourself like, Oh, like, another time we'll talk another time but the when someone else kind of reaches out to you and says hey i miss you how are you doing let's check in with each other that's just honestly it's it's one of the better feelings
1: absolutely i i totally agree with that uh how about you my
4: buddy um, yeah, I think it really is simple. You know, I miss you and I appreciate you. The idea that uh, just simply I'm just thinking about you, huh. especially at a given moment, I think is, can be pretty powerful, um, especially because it is very simple. And it is, uh, you know, a very small expression. And I think what's cool too is everyone has kind of their own way uh, of expressing it. And whether it's, you know, a phone call or a text or, you know, when someone sends you a gift or, <clears throat> or, you know, just when someone's, you know, shares something with you. Um, because you know just the fact that they really thought of, got a at this moment, I think is, is really nice. So I, I think that those really, um, that's what I was kind of like circle back to. I think about things are very meaningful or, or very impactful and very impactful. And that's the sort of thing I also, you know, try and try and practice. Because um, you know, I think people, people get implicitly, um, you know, how how you as you feel about them, but I think it also helps to you know really really make it plain and really make it
0: clear absolutely absolutely thank you so much so uh carla Yep, yeah,
2: carla Yeah, thank you uh, for me um basically what claire said there's you know when, when people have reached out that's made a a huge impact um there was something that was kind of like a like something that like really jolted me into reflection that a uh, friend said to me months ago um Uh, um, You know, she actually let me come over and visit her a number of times during all this, which was part of my lifeline. You know, we wore masks the whole time, sat across the room from each other, but one of the things I said to her, because she she practices Nietzschean Buddhism too, and I made the point um, from my own perspective, I said, what the, the effect this has had for me is since I'm not a person who goes online, I moved during the pandemic, and I didn't install internet in my own apartment, so you know, I wasn't connected through Zoom and all these other things that everybody else was doing, um, I made the comment that I feel like I'm a solitary practitioner again. I feel like I'm not even part of an organization anymore. And her response was, well, that's on you. And it's like, true hurts. Yes, she has a point. I've, you know, there's all of decision in there. I'm not a victim of something. Um, I could have made different decisions and, you know, figured out how to get online or read more of our publications or whatever. So... So obviously she made a very valid point. While at the same time,
1: you know, we're, we're
2: always, you know, we've been conditioned by society to like try to top ourselves out of our feelings. Like, you shouldn't feel sad because of this, this and this. Well, our feelings don't respond to rationalizations because feelings aren't rational. It's actually felt more liberating for me, even though yes, my friend has a point, and yes, I can do more to connect to myself, not just wait for people to come to me. But at the same time, it feels more liberating To just basically accept that, no, this isn't okay, I'm not okay, I won't be okay until I can, you know, I won't really feel connected again, until I can be in the same room with these folks again, see them, talk to them. So rather than just tell myself that I need to, you know, it's like remote just doesn't work for me. So it's once I finally accepted that, okay, I I can accept and live with the fact that I'm not okay, that I'm not going to feel connected until... We can truly really connect again, rather than just gaslighting and scolding myself. So, so that 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 interaction that interaction with her is just like stuck with me, sort of like burning in my brain since I think it was May that she said that. So.
0: Thank you so much for everyone for sharing. That is wonderful. And and like we were saying throughout this entire episode, it's a lot of self-reflection, especially coming from the inside out. And um, with that, we have one last question for everyone on the panel. Um, What was it like to hear other people's perspectives today? And we can start that off with Claire.
5: I guess. Hmm. I, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's interesting hearing other people's perspectives, but then you get a time, you get a chance to, like, reflect and say, like, oh, it's, it's not that different from my own. Like... You know, not to say that, you know, other people's perspectives and opinions and feelings aren't different and very their own and individual, but it's kind of nice to hear almost a sense of, you know, everyone going, wow, yeah, me too. <laughs> and <laughs> uh, like a, yet yet again, another way where it's like, we're not uh, alone in this. Like there's other people seeking out community, there's other people feeling those things of loneliness and... You know, it's. I think it was kind of nice because it's just like a confirmation of that.
0: Thank you so much for sharing that, Carlo.
2: I second that emotion. one <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, another thing that, that came through in my mind is just, just thank you everybody for. I mean, this is you know people are used to turning to people who are considered experts in their field, whether it's trained motivational speakers or you know people with doctorate degrees giving TED talks and all that I think this is every bit as important if not more important because it's more relatable and everybody sharing their their feelings and insights today and you know the other sessions I've listened to is um they're every, every bit as wise if, if not more so than than someone who you know this is what they do for a living you know I mean just just everybody's candid from the heart, insights, and wisdom, and sharing that is just, I've got so much from
3: this.
0: So thank you, everybody. Thank you so much for sharing that. And that's exactly what we strive for. I mean, that nails it on the head. What our mission is with Third Paradigm is we are designed to leverage the media field to where if you are an expert in a your field, you're welcome on. If you are just a random person on the street, we want to. Every single perspective matters. And when, you, like you said, when you hear the raw feelings, raw perspective of things, it becomes more relatable because it's not, there's no credential behind it, really. It's just the regular person
3: trying to kind of move through life.
0: So thank you for that perspective. Um, Christine? Um, yeah, what uh,
3: Claire and Carla said, like, um, knowing that I'm not alone is very believing
4: and yeah I also want
0: to thank you all for sharing
4: your stories and everything yeah awesome, Mapate? Um, um, yeah just back kind on of everyone's side uh, this, has been great, Um it's that's important to hear from a variety of perspectives, uh, especially at a time like this Um I think it, it really helps um, everyone, I think collectively make sense of what's going on um, so yeah,
0: I've been trying very much. Thank you so much for sharing these perspectives. It is very powerful, and um, we do have actually a little tiny bit of time left for a bonus runoff question. And again, thank you so much again for listening in. For those who are listening in, and thank you so much again for all of you taking your time out of the day to share your honest and raw feelings. So. With that, we're going to reward everyone with one last question for self-reflection, and then we're going to wrap it up. So, Nuance, would you like to yeah. one? um a
1: question? Yep. So, taking into account your spirituality, your beliefs, your faith, your religious practices, and both before and uh, during the pandemic, uh, well, rather, starting with before, before the pandemic, did you feel you had a purpose or a sense of purpose or did you feel you like like you were drifting in life before the pandemic? And how do you feel now? And we'll start with uh, Mabate. Can you repeat the second part of the question? So it's, before the pandemic, did you feel you had a purpose? Or do you feel like you were drifting through life beforehand? And then how do you feel now?
4: Uh, with there's a great purpose, I, I feel. Um, largely to the same if not, kind of reinforced. Um, I do more of what it is I was doing before uh, the pandemic. Um, rather than being a kind of a change agent, the pandemic's been a real accelerant. It's just you know, there are a lot of things I do that are become a lot faster and a lot more prominent. Um, I've been working on the company for about two years now, and we, we've always been uh, completely remote, um, and we've always kind of um, been a very decentralized. And a lot of the tools um, that people have gotten used to using, whether it be your Zooms, your Slack, and, like, things like that. I've been using them going on 10 years now. Um, So they're already kind of very familiar to me. Um, I think think what's tough is that, you know, a lot of the things that are happening are already kind of uh, uh, transitioning very gradually, Um, but it's supposed to take place over a longer period of time. But because it's been such a short period of time, you know, some things have changed. Some things that were supposed to take 10 years have taken, you know, 10 weeks. Um, Some things are supposed to take, you know, five years of so taking five or six months. Um, I think that sense of weathering, that sense of, you know, dislocation um, has been pretty tricky um, and just kind of letting go of the idea that we can kind of go back to uh, things prior. Um, so I, I wouldn't say my purpose has changed too much, but I think it's, it's really refined um, what it is I do. And, and I think it's cut out uh, all, a lot of things and, and really allowed me uh, to focus. And, and so now we're at a point in which uh, I'm, I'm kind of reflecting on what this is going to be moving forward because well, things have changed so much um, and, you know, trying to figure out what it is, is, um, I'm not just I'm going to get out of, you know, future
1: experiences, but what others um, will get out of future experiences and, and really help us to serve
0: them. Absolutely. Thank you so much.
1: For yeah, thank you. And uh, uh, could we have uh, Carla go? Yes. Yeah, um, it hasn't changed much.
3: Um, I, I feel uh,
2: greater... Clarity again, like the same thing, part of the Um regarding why it's so important and what exactly the challenges are that we're facing. Some things before were kind of vague. Like we know this was a problem, but why is it this way? Um, well, the pandemic experience kind of pulled the rock off of a lot of <laughs> problems and exposed. Oh, that's why that happened.
3: <laughs> um,
2: so it's. I guess I could say that it's clarified. My purpose. As opposed to mm.
0: changed it. So. Mm. Very good responses. Both uh, Carla and uh, Mapata, you nailed in the head in an interesting perspective that it was kind of like life was kind of there, but the pandemic really defined it. It really clarified it. No, it. Mm. It, it really like brought it forward. So thank you for sharing.
1: You can attend the puns on me, though. So don't worry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how about uh, Claire? How do you feel?
5: Um, I guess I always view purpose as like an ebb and flow. It's not always going to be the same. Life comes at you in different ways. And so it's just, you know, it's, you know, some people rise to the occasion and some people have a hard time dealing with it. And I mean, obviously everyone has a hard time dealing with the pandemic, but I really, I think... It gives a lot of people time to shine, and like you get that like, uh, that drive, that motivation to be like, you know what? No, this isn't okay. I'm gonna stand up for this, and now that's your purpose. Or you know, um, like Mapate, his company making masks. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. you know, you're switching gears and doing something for the community that's you know providing something that they need while also helping yourself as a company to alive. You know, it's the purpose isn't always clear before the roadblock, but you're like getting through it is really hot. Like, you know, it, it once you see it, now you know how to navigate it. And I think for me personally, it's just been, um, yeah, it's just, you know, the, the the road has solidified in front of me and it's like, okay, now I know which lane I'm in this is this is how I have to this is these are the next steps I have to do to you know become a citizen over here or go off and get married or like you know try to navigate a new country <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: absolutely. Absolutely. right all righty and how about you Christine
3: I'll on this one
0: yeah Kay. absolutely so with that being said, wise, we want to say a big thank you to every one of you for coming out, taking the time out and being raw, being honest, being open about your feelings and your experiences. And again, for all of our listeners, we thank you so much for tuning in, subscribing and following us. Um, this pandemic really is what created this podcast in the first place. Really. Yeah. For us on our end and our team, we felt that there was definitely a need for this. There was a cry for this. And we wanted to push really hard to leverage the media field for regular people just to come in, share their experiences, share their perspectives, and um, have everyone have a platform so that way the platform is available to all people. So again, on behalf of Third Paradigm, I want to thank you all. And you have got to, if you have not already, I'm going to be plugging you in throughout the series of You have to check out his business. It is at wherediop.com. Um, I will uh, put in the description box his website as well as where you can follow him on Instagram and social media. His products are absolutely phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And if you read his story, beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful story. So we wanted to thank each and every one of you, Claire, Carla, Christine, and Mapape for coming on. Um, and again, on behalf of Third Paradigm here at our show, we wanted to say thank you to our listeners and supporters out there. And keep on discussing. We don't have a slogan. So keep talking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll we'll fix that, that. that. How about that? Keep, keep talking with clarity and nuance. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, <laughs> Thank yeah. you everyone. Thank,
4: Thank you guys.